0: Good morning and welcome to the Magellan Show. It is Thursday, October the 15th, 2015. I want to welcome you to our broadcast to all those of you that are listening across the United States, Canada, and around the world. You can be heard at www.magellanshow.com. Also, our number, if you'd like to listen live, area code 646 929-0709. nine two nine zero seven zero nine. Again that number six four six nine two nine zero seven zero nine. I want to remind you that if you would like to listen to our broadcast on demand by phone after the broadcast has been completed. The number is area code seven one two seven seven five seven zero three nine. The access code is three two seven seven five six count. We uh, want to remind you also that we are on iTunes. You can listen to all of our broadcasts on iTunes as well, and just type in few words Magellan Show, or on Twitter at RealMagellan. We want to thank com for posting our programs as well as several other websites doing the same. Podbay.fm and more. Thanks again for that. We want to get into our program now and see what is happening in our country and around the world. Uh, So what has happened? Well, since our last program, we had the presidential debate, the Democratic uh, ones, I should say, and it did not get quite the interest that the Republican debate got, and that's uh, that's just a fact. We know that the numbers were... I haven't heard what the numbers were uh, as far as viewers of the Democratic debate, but it did not get near the attention to what I'm hearing that the Republican debate got. And a lot of that has to do with the the Trump effect. Uh, It seems that so many are interested in what Trump is having to say. And whether you are voting for Trump or not, uh, one thing you can say is that at the very least, he is a very... Intriguing candidate. Uh, Some would say he's entertaining. Some would say he's profound. Some would say that he's offensive. But either way, he draws in the crowd. And so he's had a lot of things to say. Uh, Actually, uh, many articles coming out. uh, Trump has, in recent uh, days, been talking about our economic situation quite a bit more. And Issuing some warnings, in fact, as to the state of uh, of our economic affairs, and 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 that referencing what's going on with our uh, with our monetary policy, with interest rates, and how the government is trying very hard to kick the can down the road, so to speak, or to try to delay or prolong the inevitable, what could, what could happen, you know? And that having to do with an economic crisis, that having to do with a dollar evaluation, with, uh, with with a, a number of, 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 of key uh, economic uh, disasters. But, of course, we hope and pray that, that these things will not happen, but we do know, uh, and this is whether we agree with whether we agree with some on all of his other political issues or not is, is not the relevant point. The relevant point is is the following that that we have a uh certainly a situation economically that is concerning. And you really can't look at, at the Dow, the the New York stock exchange, the Nasdaq S B five hundred as as a barometer because that whole uh that whole thing is a mess, and we see it go up, we see it go down and when it's just going to when' it's just going to plummet if things are not uh taken care of properly, and you know we're we're nineteen trillion dollars in debt that's enough right there, and we know that that the world is not buying our treasury bills like they weren't. Like they once were, this is a big problem that has been one of our areas of strength and the other thing too uh in the talking about economic uh concerns, not just the uh lack of 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 buying activity uh, with our with our bills, but also when we just look at the basic fundamentals and say uh, look we have we have seen how countries have have become aggravated at us as a country and have formed their own union. If we look at the British nations, for example. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. We see how they are trying to form their unions, their economic union. And we thought, okay, we place sanctions on Russia economically, or we do this, we do that. It's going to, uh, it's going to stop... Uh, their sense of power and, and was uh twelve violence in uh, crimea and el look, look, look what we're at now well uh that's not the case. We have been strong militarily and that has also brought uh strength to our currency and to our economic situation along with our ten dollar status that that too uh is uh is at a point where we're at a crossroads now. Russia is in Syria. We know that, and we talked about that before. Uh, there are varying opinions. The the neocons or the the neoconservatives I would call them the uh, the George Bush conservatives, uh, the Dick Cheney conservatives. Those types would probably fall into the camp of saying, "Oh no." Uh, we cannot support anything that Russia is doing in in Syria. Now, Vladimir Putin has said, look, I'm ready to and and I'm willing to sit at the table and talk with the United States uh, diplomatically over some of these issues in Syria and the Middle East and to try to strategize because the United States has said, well, uh, they're not really taking out enough ISIS targets, and they're uh, they're seemingly focusing on our freedom fighters uh, or the moderate rebels. So Putin has said, hey, we'll talk, let's talk. And we really haven't come to any kind of terms. Now, the thing that concerns me is this, my friends. Why aren't we talking? Why aren't we coming together with some type of strategy? We have said very clearly and and uh, very robustly over the uh, last couple of years that, that al-Qaeda, that terrorism, well, over than a couple of years, but specifically referring to ISIS, we've said how how, how big this is a problem. And for the last 15 years or so, uh, since 9-11, we've talked about 14 years, we've talked about how that that has been a serious issue, just, just the whole terrorism concern in general. But it has grown in intensity especially as we pulled troops, as President Obama pulled all these troops out of Iraq, that we had a lot of concern. And, you know, many of us felt and believed that we would have already seen, or that we would have seen already, some type of of currency reform uh, in the Middle East, Uh, some of these nations that maybe have been suppressed by economic sanctions like Iraq, uh, I believe we believe that that there would have already been some type of of, of currency reform, currency uh, strengthening uh, in Iraq and elsewhere, uh, and and probably the reason why we haven't seen that, and I have said this before, even on this broadcast, is security and how security needs to be uh, tightened and improved, and what has the what has the the very president. Or, uh, or I should say, Prime Minister of of Iraq said, uh, Dr. Hader al He said, "Look, we we need, and I'm just paraphrasing, we need help. We we're we're not at a point militarily where we can do it on our own, in which we were." And Vladimir Putin said, "We'll help you. We'll help to uh, to conquer these terrorists." in Iraq in in northern Iraq now not, not in the Baghdad area although it got very close in the Anbar province uh, in Ramadi and how ISIS is taking over the capital of Anbar and elsewhere, Mosul other places uh, also in the northern part uh, Erbil at one time uh, was uh, a very thriving city and uh, there were uh, a lot of a lot of invasions in that general Kurdistan region as well, by uh, by by militants, and so Iraq is in need and has been in need of help. And you know, we need help. We'll take it to where you can get it when you get that uh, that desperate. And so, the the Prime Minister of Iraq has said, "We need it. We need that kind of assistance." And Vladimir Putin has said. I'm here to help you, so you have you have Russia stepping up to place in the Middle East, Iran, and elsewhere, and truly that's what is happening now. the world obviously will benefit by the destruction of ISIS by ridding the world of these uh terrorist beats that, uh, that have caused uh, all kinds of of uh of violence and death and destruction and, and they've persecuted all people but especially Christians not just in Syria but in also Iraq. That's right, also in Iraq. And it's almost as if the re like the book revelation has opened up. You know, sometimes we have this tendency, this this uh I call it American or Western exceptionalism, it says, well if something is not happening uh here in our country then it must not be of a prophetic nature. So you you've had Christians in the Middle East recently kind of all, you know, uh report uh reporters' journals all kinds, that have been beheaded for his name's sake. Who am I referring to when I say his name's sake? I'm referring Jesus Christ. Now you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and if you don't I would encourage you to know him and in the power of his resurrection. But but you have to you have to grant me this, that 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 any this day and age, this, this day that is filled with narcissism and evil and self bitterness and hatred, etc. any any person that would lay down their lives for, for for their Lord, decently without violence. I mean, that says something. That, I mean, but he, the very apostle Peter, the the, the, the leader of the disciples, said to Jesus, "I will never deny you." I'll never do it. And think about it. He saw all the miracles of Jesus. Jesus had had unstuck the deaf ears, had opened the blind eyes, had raised the dead, cast out demons, and all of that. And and Peter says, I'll never deny, deny you. And Jesus says to him, Oh, Peter, don't you know that, that before the cock crows, in no, other no, words, before sunrise, You will have denied me three times. He did. Now, thankfully, the Lord's grace was sufficient for Peter, and the Lord raised him up, and he still let out the church with power and great authority, and the New Testament church grew in ways uh, like they never could have imagined. So, God's grace is always sufficient. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that we don't just see heroic men and women of faith in the Bible. We, uh, we, they are here even to this day. So there are those modern day accounts in Scripture, er, but all, I'm sorry, there are those modern day accounts like it was in Scripture even now. And it has been happening in the Middle East, in Iraq and Syria and elsewhere. But Russia is pressing on. Now, this will benefit the entire world, we know, if they do continue to do what they say they're going to do. Now, let me turn it on the flip side to Mr. Simone. One of the things, though, that is concerning, and I'll just say this, is that when you have Russian dominance in the Middle East, that means that you're going to have less of a United States presence, less of a U.S. dominance there. And we have made... Agreements throughout the Middle East, and I especially think about uh, Saudi Arabia and just the uh, the type of of and agreements we've made with them, and how this petrodollar status cannot be underestimated. You use his dollars every day, and and you gotta remember. That it is backed by nothing of value. When I say value, I'm I'm, I'm making reference to precious metals, gold, silver, or platinum, pl- pl- uh, palladium, other things. Nothing but the confidence that we place within it. Our our mighty military, and of course. The gold, the well, not the gold standard, but the the petrodollar standard. by which all countries have to use our currency to buy their much-needed oil. But that is changing, and many countries are saying, you know what? Sorry, United States, we're not doing that anymore. We don't care what you say. We're not doing it anymore. So, as we lose our our dominance in the world by virtue of of, of this whole uh, curation in in the pet dollar and its ability, what happens? I mean, what what happens at that point? Um, you know, it's it's very very concerning. It really is six four six nine two nine zero seven zero nine is our number. I'm gonna look at some top stories for today, and hopefully we can uh, and we could talk for a long time on Middle East policy. But just looking at some of the top stories, Israeli security trying to send off seemingly random Palestinian attacks. We do see that there are some uh, definite uh, escalations in tensions in the Holy Land between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Lots of attacks. Not a good time for Israel uh, when you look at that, when you also look at uh, Iran. We know that the adoption of this Iranian agreement, did you know that it's going to be this Saturday? Oh, yeah, this Saturday, the 18th. I'm sorry, Sunday. Excuse me, Sunday. The the 18th of this month, the adoption of this agreement. Now, Congress is going to have to, uh, and the rest of the world is going to have to work on implementation, which could take days, weeks, or months, but the adoption officially is on the 18th, so I just wanted to bring that out. So uh, a great time for Iran, not a good time for, for Israel and some of the other nations that have been on Iran's hit list, and you know what? We're not very, uh, very well suited either. We've been called the Great Satan by Iran, but yet we still uh, are all good with their with their rhetoric as as an administration. Now, can we do that? Anyways. Uh, what else is going on in our world? Protesters interrupt uh, Donald Trump's campaign rally in Virginia, just according to CNN.com. Trump, of course, is drawing in very large crowds of people. Donald Trump on Wednesday addressed a crowd of nearly 5,000 energized Rich in Richmond, Virginia, delivered his standard stump speech, and taking shots at Democrats who debated for the first time just the night before, but not long into the speech, nearly 20 protesters unfolded a banner that read, No human life is illegal, and began shouting, Dump Trump as the Republican frontrunner tried to press on with his speech. After more than 10 minutes of heckling, the protesters were escorted out by a culmination of Trump campaign and event staff as well as several police officers. You know, if you think about what they put there, no human life is illegal. I mean, did Trump ever say that? <laughs> you know, it's interesting that those that would protest illegal immigration, and, and a lot of uh, of these are surrounding uh, illegal immigration from Mexico, isn't it fascinating that Mexico has tougher and stronger uh, immigration laws than than what well than what we have, and they enforce them too. Trump's not talking about human lives. This is not like an issue of. of I mean, almost has the same uh, sound and and verbiage as if you were talking about abortion. Uh, I mean, come on. He's simply saying that, you know, you need to follow the, the legal process. Mexico says this. If you are from Central America, you know, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Honduras, Nicaragua, wherever, and you are caught illegally in Mexico, the same country that begrudges Uh, patriots and and Tea Party members and those who like to follow this old document called the Constitution, (laughs) the Bill of Rights, they they want to condemn us for that. This same country says if you are a Central American or or immigrant that comes into chicken territory, you are put into forced, unpaid labor for one year. Now, the only exception to that is if you are traveling, let's say on a train, or uh, some type of of transportation with a specific purpose of getting to El Norte, to the north, to the United States, and and you're not staying, that you're simply transiting through. But if you're caught with the intent of staying in Mexico, that's what's going to happen. You're uh, going to be cussed, and you're going to be taken away, you're going to be arrested, and you are going to be put into labor. That is on their laws, and they enforce it. But then they want to... Say, oh well, how dare, how dare an American citizen speak up for for this issue? And then they want to say things like, oh, "Overpopulation. There are illegal immigrants of all nationalities and races. So it's not an issue of that, and it's not an issue of human life either. So I think these protests that and these protesters, and they have, you know, if they want to protest. Okay, but But but, get your wording right. You know? I mean, come on. Like, let's get real here. Oh, well, what else? Well, you know, we have the presidential debate, the Democratic debate. I was talking about that at the beginning of our broadcast. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders really helped Hillary considerably when when he said uh, enough of the emails, I won't quote it verbatim, but uh, he said enough of the emails uh, and so I don't know if he if he was tipped off by the democratic committee to to try to take light off of this Hillary issue because even though I'm sure he would like to have taken Hillary down the process he he doesn't want to take the Democratic Party down because in doing so he takes himself down so but it's kind of too' for because he did give Hillary a boost there, and hillary uh, whether you are for her or not. She did an incredible debate performance. She did very well. Of course, she's had decades of experience. Former First Lady uh, of Arkansas, former First Lady of the United States, um, a a U.S. Senator from New York, uh, and that's just a fact, whether you like her or not. She did very well. Now, they're still investigating. The FBI is. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, but we're finding here today uh, an article just came out uh, a few hours ago that uh, the Sanders campaign is uh, trying to change their strategy. They're, they're getting large numbers, though. I mean, I do have to say huge numbers. Uh, they're going to put new emphasis on placing the candidate in smaller, more intimate settings, especially in early states like Iowa. And let me tell you, let me tell you. Iowa is critically important. Now I wish that we could just have Super Tuesday. For some reason Iowa if any of you are listening from Iowa, man, you guys are lucky, right? You get to you get to jump in to this political process first. But anyways, Iowa's first. So however well you do the Iowa caucus, well that's a big deal. And then it goes then it goes to the New Hampshire primary and so on and so forth. And eventually uh, we'll go to South Carolina and Nevada, and then we go to Super Tuesday. And more states are now being included. And in, in, Well, the Super Tuesday timeline is now earlier than, than it was before. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. All of this, uh, I mean, we're moving into an exciting period of time. Uh, and just hopefully we'll get to the election a year from now without, uh without, An economic collapse. I mean, because uh, this administration, I believe, has has handled our economy very poorly. And with all the things that are happening geopolitically, I just hope and pray that we don't see, uh, you know, uh, such a deterioration. I mean, well, if things get a lot worse, well, you know, I just hope it doesn't disrupt the election process. So, something that might be uh of interest to you, I know it is to me because uh I do think in a lot of these. Fifty years ago we were eating better bananas, they tasted better, they lasted longer, they were more resilient and didn't require artificial ripening. They were simply put a better fruit because they belong to different species. Uh and in the uh banana department. Uh but moving on now, this year, it was declared commercially extinct due to Panama disease, this special type of banana grown. It was called, and this is a Latin, uh, uh, this is a Latin growth, and it was remained the world's export banana until 1965. That year, it was declared commercially extinct due to the Panama disease, a fungal disease that started out from Central America and quickly spread to most of the world's commercial banana plantations, leaving no other choice but to burn them down. And the banana industry was deeply crisis and had to look for alternatives. It it settled with the uh, Cavendish cultivar, which was deemed an inferior product to carry the distinction of being immune to the disease. It was quickly adopted by banana growers worldwide they be having dishes and universal food stuff, much like Big Mac, supermarket bananas are pretty much identical everywhere you buy them. That's because they have nearly no genetic diversity. The plants all are all clones of one another. Did, did you know that? I did not. I didn't know. I mean, I know a food had to be aware of uh, corn, you know, with GMOs, but I didn't know that there was this kind of... of uh, issue dating back as far as nineteen fifty five. There are hundreds of banana varieties in the world, but the Cavendish alone accounts for at least the totality of exports. Starting in the late nineteen eighties, banana growers realized more diversity was needed to prevent the problem from happening again. They were begging their bosses for it, but it never it never happened. The disease now has a different name, Tropical Race 4, and it started out in Malaysia around 1990, but it is, it is it's otherwise very similar to the one that wiped out these roads in nickel, And it's caused by a really common type of fungus called Thesaratria, mm-hmm. which was probably already in the soil there. A single clamp of contained dirt is enough to spread it like a wildfire, and it can be transported by wind, cars, water, creating an infection, wherever it goes. There's a lot more to this article. It's a tremendously long article. Uh, you can read it in, in its entirety by going to our website, com. The but bottom line is, is that there was a certain variation of, of banana pre-1965. Now we have had a different one, but now the one that is responsible for most bananas that you see in your supermarkets is now under threat by this new possible fungus. So what's that? now? Is this a legitimate issue, or is this just a uh, an attempt to try to, to gain greater control? Is, is, do we sense that there is a Monsanto effect, or... Uh, influence in all this. Uh, well, it to be seen. But I just wanted to bring it to your attention because food supply is an issue of mass security. When we talk about things like, uh, climate change, what about food? GMOs. To me, that is one of the biggest threats that we have. We've well, some other articles you might want to check out on uh dot com uh no raise for sixty five million on Social security, but yet prices of services are going up. Iraqi cabinet reviewed the post two thousand and fifteen federal budget today and agreed to convene a session next week for final approval. We'll look at that article as well. Uh, what else is going on? Uh lots of things you can check out. Uh Russia says it's it's jet neared US aircraft over Syria for identification. It's getting very serious, my friends. Kesler is trying to to kind of step up his rhetoric on the Russian situation, saying that Putin's Russia should face consequences over Syria. Come on, Jeff. A lot more news, uh that uh Certainly available on on uh, our website magellanpro. dot com and our Twitter feed at Real Magellan. Um, more articles on the economic situation, on the political process. Also, uh, drone leak, uh a new uh, scandal, if you will, where Snowden has leaked information. You know, remember, you remember Snowden, the former NSA uh, guy that. Uh, whistleblower that's led to Russia. He's now uh, leaking some information you can check out. Uh, having, to do, well, having to do with Obama's drone program. Basis. Check out the article. Put our website at com. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Government's program. We want to uh, thank you always for listening. Tuesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, our playback number is seven one two seven seven five seven zero three nine, with access code three two seven seven five six. 756 Don't forget to find us on iTunes, also on social media, at Real Magellan on Twitter. We appreciate all of you for listening. God bless all of you. And remember, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Uh, don't forget uh, to go to our website uh, if you want to know what we're doing. So, uh, if you want to support uh, Michael, the young man uh, that uh, has been facing cancer uh, and uh, really needs some support right now and he's uh, got a young family you can continue to do that we do want to thank uh, those that have helped um, and we encourage you to do the same go to our website and click on the donate button if you want to get to this pause and just simply uh, detail that might be fun. We'll be back here on Tuesday. Don't miss that program. Uh, our email address, if you want to stay inside, contact at Com. This is Magellan, wishing you a great day, a great weekend. God bless all of you. Have a good one, my friends. Bye-bye for now.